to my heart, which is uh, politicians who are lying to people, uh, not by lying in the sense that they state facts that are not true, but lying by selectively um, quoting facts uh, that will fit a narrative that they want to push. So this week I want to talk about Janet Yellen's uh, Wall Street Journal article uh, and her Twitter thread. So the, the Wall Street Journal article is called A Better Corporate Tax for America. Um, our plan reverses the mistakes of 2017 and puts the U.S. on a path to sustainable prosperity. Um, and I want to kind of dissect a lot of things that I found uh, in this article that are frankly uh, very, very misleading. And I don't understand why they need to be misleading. Uh, you know, they can just state that this is what they want to do, uh, but instead they're trying to manipulate public opinion into, uh, you know, voting for this bill. Currently, uh, as of today, which is April 7th, uh, from what I understand, there's one Democratic senator that does not support the bill uh, as it is, so it cannot pass. Um, and so I guess that's what the Wall Street Journal piece is trying to address. So here's Janet Yellen's Twitter thread. She says, uh, by choosing to compete on taxes, we've neglected to compete on the skill of our workers and the strength of our infrastructure. It's a self-defeating competition and neither President Biden nor I are interested in participating in it anymore. We want to change the game. Last week, uh, POTUS announced proposals that enter the U.S. into a smarter form of competition. The U.S. will compete on our ability to produce talented workers, cutting-edge research, and state-of-the-art infrastructure, not on whether we have lower tax rates than Bermuda or Switzerland. America's corporate tax system has long been broken. So too has been the way we think about corporate taxation. Tax reform isn't a zero-sum game with corporations on one side and government on the other. There are policies that are mutually beneficial. Win-win is a very overused phrase, but we have a real one in front of us right now, a chance at a once-in-a-generation investment in U.S. competitiveness. And then she links to her Wall Street Journal article. So I was actually very much looking forward to reading the Wall Street Journal article because like, this Twitter thread didn't make any sense to me because, first of all, she says... Um, We've neglected to compete on the skill of our workers and the strength of our infrastructure. Uh, what does that specifically mean? Uh, neglected to compete, uh, especially on the skill of our workers. Uh, you know, you have the most cutting edge companies uh, in the US, the most cutting edge companies, uh, especially in technology, in places where skilled labor is required. Um, they don't go to Europe, they come to the US, even though Europe has skilled workers. Uh, nobody, uh, you know, nobody kind of can say that Germany doesn't have skilled workers uh, in manufacturing. But the one thing that the U.S. has that Europe does not have is lower corporate tax rates. Uh, and I'm not including Ireland, which is a, a special case. Uh, but in general, the tax rates in Europe are much higher and regulation is much more, um, you know, um, restrictive over there. So when she says we're, we have neglected to compete on the skill of our workers and the strength of our infrastructure, I would say that's not true. I mean, I, I haven't seen any uh, data to support that, you know, the U.S. competitiveness will improve by uh, improving infrastructure. So I was really looking forward to reading 
in the article data points that show to that. And then another thing that she says is she basically says America's corporate tax system has long been broken. Uh, so too has the way we think about corporate taxation. So she doesn't provide any uh, data on why this has been broken and why this has long been broken. So it's one thing for her to say we want to reverse Donald Trump's uh, tax cuts uh, and that's what was broken in the system. You know, I, I could see such an argument even though I don't agree with it, but uh, has long been broken and we have to change the way we think about corporate taxation. And especially when she says tax reform is, isn't a zero sum game. So my question is like, if this is not a zero sum game and if this is something that can for sure help the government, why are uh, 51 senators opposing it? You know, like there must be some nuance there. So clearly Janet Yellen thinks that it's not a zero sum game, but like, let's see some data. So basically the, the Twitter thread did not give me any data. Um, and so then I clicked into the Wall Street Journal article to see uh, how does she back up these claims. And then when I uh, clicked on there, everything almost uh, she says in the article is like completely wrong. And again, not by stating wrong facts, but by cherry picking different, uh, different facts uh, and, and omitting others, right? So for example, she starts the article by saying, uh, when Congress enacted the Tax Cut and Jobs Act of 2017, the result was a dramatic reduction in corporate tax revenue. Over the past three years, corporate tax collections have fallen to their lowest level since World War II, 1% of gross domestic product. Many of the country's largest companies paid no federal income taxes in 2020. So on the face of it, uh, this sounds really bad, right? Oh no, uh, only 1% of the gross domestic product was collected in taxes. Many of the country's largest companies paid no federal income taxes, right? Very, very bad. But uh, what would you have guessed uh, after 2017 did the amount of taxes that the federal government collected go up or down? Uh, I would say that this Wall Street Journal piece makes it sound like it went down right? Because it says the result was a dramatic reduction in corporate tax revenue. Uh, and so I looked up the numbers and no, actually every single year uh, <laughs> since 2017, the federal government has collected more and more tax revenue, right? So in 2017, they collected 3.32 trillion. In 2018, 3.33 trillion, so more. In 2019, 3.46 trillion. And then in 2020, it's an estimated number, but it's 3.71 trillion, right? And so basically we're collecting more and more taxes. What happened is that you're collecting less taxes from corporate taxes, but all of these um, lower corporate rates make the stocks of the corporations go up, which means you collect capital gains taxes. It means the salaries of people who work at these corporations go up which means you collect more income tax. It means that we're more competitive worldwide. So the sales of these companies go up, right? And so that means that the revenue of the companies increase. So there's so many more uh, uh, effects. When, when you lower corporate tax rates, that's exactly what you're trying to do. You're basically saying, I'm going to collect less taxes from the corporation, but I'm going to collect more taxes because I'll have more growth in the economy. And that's exactly what happened. So this is how Janet Yellen starts her, um, her article in Wall Street Journal. Very, very disingenuous. And then 
She continues to double down. She says, proponents of the act said that the U.S. would get something in return for these tax cuts. Lower rates, the argument went, would lure production and investment to our shores. But this hasn't happened. And for an obvious reason, other countries see what we're doing and respond. When they see us lower our rates, they lower theirs to undercut us. In the end, no nation ends up more competitive. The result is a global race to the bottom. Who can lower their corporate rate further and faster? Again, this is complete nonsense because yes, other countries lower their corporate tax rates because they want to grow their economy and they collect taxes in other ways, right? Even property taxes, right? If people make money on the stock market, they can afford a better house. They afford a better house. They pay more property taxes. So again, it, it just doesn't, she says, proponents of the act said the U.S. would get something in return for these tax cuts. And then she says, lower rates, the argument went, would lure production and investment to our shores, but this hasn't happened. Production and investment are not the only things that can make the government, uh, you know, get something in return for these tax cuts. So I find this to be very, very, um, very disingenuous. And then she says, uh, the act not only perpetuated this race to the bottom, it also put America at a disadvantage. I'm like, oh no, really? Lower tax rates are a disadvantage? The law creates an incentive for U.S. companies to offshore their workers and investments and to shift their profits to tax havens. It's like, I'm sorry, but if you increase the tax rate, which is what she's proposing, would that incentive decrease or would that incentive increase? Like what she's proposing is to make the situation even worse, right? If, if this law created an incentive for U.S. companies to offshore their workers and investments, what would happen when she increases the tax rate? It would be much worse. And so uh, it's, it's more and more of this stuff where she basically makes a claim and this claim ignores um, everything else. For example, uh, I'm continuing. The U.S. isn't the only loser in this race to the bottom. So are our corporations. It's like, oh, really? Like you lower the taxes of the corporations and they lose? Tell me more, Janet Yellen. Uh, the global competition for low rates allows American firms to pay less taxes or none at all. But they still pay a significant cost. Over the next 10 years, more than $2 trillion of the U.S. corporate tax base will flow out of the country because of the broken system I've described. It's like, okay, so you're saying there is a broken system, which you didn't exactly tell us how it's broken beyond saying that we collect uh, very few taxes. Uh, and that will make two trillion of the U.S. corporate tax base to flow out of the country. What are you proposing? To increase taxes even more. You think that will not make the situation worse. I mean, it's crazy. And then she says... Um, our tax revenues are already at their lowest level in generations. And as they continue to drop, the country will have less money to invest in airports, roads, bridges, broadband, job training and research and development. First of all, the statement that uh, our tax revenues are already at their lowest level in generations. Absolutely false. We keep breaking records in nominal tax revenue every year. Now, what she probably means is like as a percentage of the GDP, maybe the rate is low. I don't know if that's the case, but even if that it were the case, I would claim that what you want to do is increase your actual tax revenue, uh, even if it means that you collect a lower share of the GDP as tax revenue. And then again, when people say 
uh, less money to invest in airports, roads, bridges, broadband. Don't get me wrong. All of these things are good. But is that the reason why we're losing jobs to companies abroad? Because our airports are not good enough? I don't think so. I haven't seen any data. I'm very happy for someone uh, to share some data with me, right? And then she continues to say, uh, funding for this public goods has been declining for four decades. The quality of American infrastructure now ranks 13th in the world. Uh, the effect on the competitiveness of U.S. businesses is enormous. The American Society of Civil Engineers projects that over the next two decades, deficient infrastructure will cost American exporters $2.4 trillion. Uh, that says nothing of what deficient R&D or education will cost them. It's like, first of all, this is a projection. We saw how effective the projections were uh, on the COVID, uh, you know, when people were building models of how many people will die from COVID. The, the thing, and I've built these projections at BCG. It's all about the assumptions you put into the model. And so the idea is I really do not believe that uh, the deficient infrastructure will cost American exporters $2.4 And then my next question is like, even if I grant uh, Janet Yellen that if we were to improve the infrastructure, uh, we would gain $2.4 The question is, how much do we need to spend on improving the infrastructure in order to gain $2.4 right? Do we have to spend more than $2.4 in order to gain only two point? Like, are we expected to lose on this investment? Again, please just say it. It's fine. If you say, look, it's very, very important for us to have good airports and we're willing to lose money right and, and and invest in them please just be honest with people but like here it sounds like oh you know 2.4 trillion also this is like very very close to what they're asking for in the bill right they're asking for like 2 trillion in spending and they're like oh the deficient infrastructure will will cost american exporters 2.4 trillion so it sounds like they're going to cover the cost of the bill in infrastructure but actually no even if even if you spent 2 billion uh, on infrastructure, it's no guarantee that it will bridge the gap, right? She, she doesn't say uh, the deficient infrastructure will cost American exporters 2.4 uh, trillion, but if we invest 2 trillion, then we will get 2.4. She doesn't say that. And so I just don't uh, really, really uh, don't understand her logic here. And then the other uh, thing is the whole race to the to the bottom thing, right? So she says, this is the rock bottom of the race to the bottom. By choosing to compete on taxes, we've neglected to compete on the skill of our workers and the strength of our infrastructure. It's a self-defeating competition and neither President Biden nor I are, are interested in participating in it anymore. Like, I'm sorry, this is a completely false equivalence. It's not like you're competing either on taxes or on infrastructure. You're competing by, it's almost like uh, a jurisdiction is like a corporation. They charge you taxes and in exchange, they give you infrastructure. And infrastructure includes rule of law, uh, patents, skilled workers, bridges, airports, all of that, right, is what you're getting in return for the taxes that you're paying. And so she just says, you know, we're choosing to compete on taxes, but we've neglected to compete on the skill of our workers. This is like saying uh, a, a company, let's say that makes like a, a product that's just as good as apples, but like much cheaper. And people buy that product, right? In my analogy, the fact that people buy the product is the fact that people are paying more and more taxes every year in absolute terms. So people buy the product and then the company says, oh, we've chosen to compete on the price and not on the quality. It's like, no, you compete on a package that includes both the price and the quality. So by offering the same quality for a lower price, people will buy from you. And so this whole idea of a race to the bottom, right? You don't have to do it. Like 
if you can uh, charge high taxes and give a lot of services to either people or corporations, then people will come to you. And if you charge low taxes, but you provide nothing in return, then people will not come to you. So it's not that lowering the tax rate automatically is good, but we just see that it's good. We see that we, the federal government is charging more and more in tax revenue every year. So something is clearly working. So it's up to Janet Yellen to show what specifically is broken and how she wants to fix it and why her way of fixing it is better than other ways of fixing it. And I haven't seen this. I, I, I literally haven't seen any data point and kind of that's the main uh, th that's the main criticism I have on this piece. Like I'm sure Janet Yellen is a very smart person and I'm sure she was told, Hey, uh, write this opinion piece, you know, to help pass this bill. Uh, but it's a very disingenuous piece. And then the, the last two paragraphs here are also very important. The, the, they say the revenue generated by the tax plan will be turned into a once in a generation investment in U.S. competitiveness. It's like, sorry, a generation is 20 years. What's so special about this Congress as opposed to the Congress that will come four years from now? Like you can always do this. Uh, there's nothing special about this moment in time. Right. So saying once in a generation, like every bill can be once in a generation if nobody else changes it within a generation. Like I, I don't understand it. And then she says the Biden administration's Americans jobs plan includes funding for both traditional infrastructure, road, bridges, ports, and the more modern kind needed to run a digital economy, high speed bro broadband networks and a clean energy grid. So, sorry, clean energy grid. How does that improve competitiveness? That has nothing to do with competitiveness. That has to do with climate change. So please just say we also want to take some of this money and invested in things that will revert climate change. That's not what she's saying. She's saying a clean energy grid is somehow good for competitiveness. I really don't understand. And then she says, according to Moody's by 2024, these investments will add an extra 1.6% to GDP, which equates to roughly 400 billion. Okay, so now we have some numbers. So they want to invest tri 2 trillion and they will get 400 billion in GDP. Okay, now for the first time, she buried this kind of at the end. This is almost like the, the last paragraph of the Wall Street Journal piece. Remember the two trillion uh, that we're losing from bad infrastructure? So apparently the GDP here will only increase um, 400 billion. Um, so it's a pretty bad, um, pretty bad return on investment, if you ask me. Uh, also, she doesn't say like, would lowering tax rates increase GDP even more? Like, that's what I would think. We can argue, but... You know, if, if you say that, like, these investments will add an extra 1.6% to GDP, uh, I think we can add a lot more. But in any case, that's out of the scope of her uh, article. And then again, the last paragraph, she's like, America's corporate tax system has long been broken. So too have been the way we think about corporate taxation. Tax reform isn't a zero-sum game with corporations on one side and government on the other. There are policies that are mutually beneficial, true win-wins. Washington has one in front of it right now. Uh, the only thing I'll say about win-wins is like win-wins are clearly things that can be done by the private market, right? By the free market. Because if you can make an investment and reap money from that investment, then that's something that a private company will love to do. And you see this, for example, with toll roads versus traditional roads companies are happy to build toll roads and then or bridges right and make up the money 
um, by uh, charging the tolls and whatever. So it, that's a true win-win because like when you build the toll road, the people that don't want to pay the toll, they benefit because their roads are less congested because some of the cars go to the toll road. And the people who want to pay the toll, they also benefit by definition because otherwise they wouldn't pay it. So a true win-win in my book is something that the government does not have to do. The government has to only intervene in places where uh, the market cannot solve the, the issue. And that's by definition not a true win-win, right? Like when you go to start a war, when, when you go to invade Afghanistan, or when you go to fight the Nazis, right? It could be a win-win. It could be actually something you lose from it, but you still think it's very important to do because by not doing it, you lose more. So I'm absolutely fine with Janet Yellen saying, you know, this will suck. But if we don't do this, uh, the situation will suck even more. But that's not what she's saying. And again, if I had to summarize this very long rant, I would just say, uh, no, she hasn't convinced me that uh, Trump's tax cuts lowered the amount of money that the federal government is collecting in taxes. That's clearly false. And she hasn't convinced me that this particular bill will pay for itself by making the U.S. more competitive. Uh, definitely not. Hasn't convinced me that this will happen. And the third thing is like, please, 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 Janet Yellen, don't cherry pick data and don't like, let's have an honest conversation. And maybe it's OK. Maybe you can say, look, I want to take this money invested in things that we wanted to do anyway. And that's OK. Uh, just like don't lie to, to people. So that's it. That was my uh, and, and again, when I say lie, I don't mean that she's stating facts that are not true. I just mean that she is uh, cherry picking things to focus on. And mainly in the Austrian economics tradition, right, she's not thinking of the unseen consequences of, of the actions. Right. So there's seen consequences. You invest two trillion dollars in building bridges, let's say, or improving airports. The unseen is like, what could this money have been spent on? that would create even better outcomes. Um, and and like, I don't know, I'm not an expert in uh, public spending, but somehow I don't think that uh, the state of our airports is what's, uh, <laughs> what's driving the low competitiveness of the US. I actually don't think the US has low competitiveness. And also uh, when she says that uh, like lowering rates uh, is bad, I clearly have not seen any data that lowering tax rates is bad for competitiveness. This is like, I would even say that Keynesians, uh, you know, would agree that lower tax rates will attract, um, you know, competitiveness and, and people would want to start businesses in your jurisdiction if they have to pay lower tax rates, um, all else equal. So happy to hear what you guys think. Please let me know. And um, otherwise, have a wonderful rest of the week.